Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and occasional conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. A funny thing happens when I talk to people. I hear amazing stories. I'm not sure where this ability comes from, but I can trace it back to a young age when I would listen to my parents and sisters talk about what they were going through. This ability to listen is excellent, but I've also learned to listen within for the questions I really want to ask. And that's when the stories start pouring out. In this episode of Getting Work to Work, I'll share a few ways to listen and five questions I love to ask that draw out stories from anyone. By the end of this episode, you will have the tools necessary to hear unbelievable stories of love, loss, success, and failure. You'll never know how it will impact your creative future. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 621. It has been an unbelievable week of hearing stories. From a cat Instagrammer who makes a living photographing his cat, to a never-ending supply of stories from an instructor ranging from the golf course to gigs in music halls. I've never shied away from listening to others. I can trace it back to a very young age when I would listen to my parents and siblings talk about their lives. It wasn't about me. In fact, it was an escape from me and the feelings that I had deep within And instead, it was about the person across from me. And here's one of the most important things I've learned about listening. Effective listening isn't about you. Drawing out stories starts with shutting up and just letting people talk. Whether you are in a conversation or an interview situation, listening is most powerful when you let people talk uninterrupted and without focus on you. By focusing on them, you are truly listening to not only the words being said, but the energy that they're bringing as opposed to how you measure up or compare to the stories that they're sharing. Another thing that I've learned is that while you are listening to others, listen for curiosity questions within yourself. And while this seems counterintuitive to what I just said about not listening to yourself, this is different in that you're not listening for points of comparison, but those peaks of curiosity, those questions that really are like, I'm curious about this. I got to ask that. For example, the cat Instagrammer. At first, all I knew about him was that he needed help building a backdrop for a photo shoot. That seems pretty obvious. The first thing you think of is a photo shoot. Okay, he's going to do senior photos or maybe a wedding or a business headshot. But as we talked, I kept hearing, yes, the points of comparison. Hey, I'm a photographer too, blah, blah, blah. But instead, there was the curiosity question within me. And it was a simple one. Oh, what kind of photo shoot is it? And at first, I didn't want to ask it. I just wanted to like, get him into what he needed and then out so that I could move on to the next customer. But then I asked, well, what kind of photo shoot is it? This is where the best curiosity questions are asked out loud, not kept in your head. Because once I asked the question, he said, I am a cat Instagrammer. And our conversation took a completely new turn. 
It was amazing. He shared not only his journey, but his amazement and gratitude for it. He even said his cat gets a little depressed when there is no photo shoot. That's interesting. If I hadn't have asked that question, sure, he would have gotten what he needed. But instead, by being a witness to his story, not only does he feel seen and heard and known, I then get to be shaped by his experiences. And when we can listen for those curiosity questions and ask them, you too will be shaped by the experiences of others. Because it is when we hear these stories, we get to try on new possibilities for our own lives. Later, of course, not in the moment. Another thing that I've learned about listening is that listening is also done with your eyes, not just your ears. When you make eye contact with someone, it shows that not only are you listening, but you are interested, that you are along for the ride. And here's the interesting thing. Sometimes people are afraid to make eye contact with others. I don't know if it's just because of our phones or if it's just because there's an intimacy level there of making eye contact. But when you listen with your eyes, it opens up your ears. You start seeing things that you don't hear. And it allows you to listen for what's not being said. Because here's the thing about stories. We all gloss over topics and stories that might put us in a bad light. But guess what? No one's perfect. And it's in these moments that we have the most powerful teachers for ourselves and for others. So while I could keep talking about listening, I want to jump to some questions that I feel naturally draw out stories. And there's going to be five of them here. The first grouping of questions are these. Oh, what are you working on? Or, oh, what are you building? What are you making? Some people will dive right in and tell you that's perfectly fine. But it's when others say this, don't laugh, or you'll probably think I'm weird or crazy. But, and I know once I hear that, <laughs> I know whatever follows is going to be unbelievably amazing. I usually say something to the effect of, oh, don't worry, I'm sure it's awesome, not weird. And it's in this response and the willingness to not judge the other person that a trusted connection is made and the story begins to unfold. The second question is what got you into doing what you do? An alternate form of this is who inspired you to do what you do? The difference between these questions is sometimes we're more focused on the what of our passions, not just the who. So maybe you experienced a Metallica album when you were 12 years old and that got you into playing guitar, as opposed to maybe someone else had a mentor when they were young and that inspired them to play guitar. But what I love about these questions is that they are a beautiful form of time travel. You get to see the wheels turning, and you witness the unspoken stories of pain, loss, happiness, of times past. The third questions are these. What was the impact of your most successful project? Or if you want to, how were you affected by your biggest failure? 
Here's the thing I want you to hear about these questions. It doesn't matter, ultimately, what the success or failures are. It's about what came after them. Because points of comparison often focus on the actual success or failure. Hey, I'm a millionaire too, or I've got 100,000 followers as well. And that's where the conversation ends. We both feel really good or really bad about the other person's metrics. But instead, by focusing on the days and the weeks and the months after, those stories can equip you for the inevitable moments of your own life when you face the aftermath of huge successes and devastating failures. And it allows this other person to share their hard-fought wisdom with someone else so that more people can learn from it. Well, this next question is an interesting one. I don't ask it nearly as much because perhaps we aren't as reflective as we think we are. The question is this, what would you have done differently in the past knowing what you know now? I am not the same person today that I was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So I would have done probably the exact same, same things then that, I've, that I would know to do now because I don't know any better. I didn't know any better. But if I had the internet then, I might have done things a little bit differently. Maybe I would have been a little bit more self-driven to try things out. But then again, the scale was different. I was still the person that I am today. I still tried things. I just didn't do it at the level that I'm doing now. But when you can sit and reflect with someone to hear those stories of the past and then connecting them to the experiences and the wisdom of their present self, it is in that connection of past and present that you can then build a future. And it tends to take a little bit of time in conversation for this one. That's also why I don't ask it nearly as much, because it does take some time to unpack what's being said. Fifth and finally, this one is a future-focused question. What does the future hold for you? Or what do you want to accomplish next? What I love about these questions is it really gets people focused on, it helps them focus more on the possibilities and not on failures or the present moment even. It helps them focus on, ooh, you know, I've got this dream or I've got this idea. And it helps them to share it with someone else and really take off after it. And I found that as you focus on the future, it's less about what hasn't been done and more about what could be done. Subtle shift in language, but the energy also does shift as the language does. So I encourage you to explore listening, explore asking these questions. Learn to listen with your eyes and your ears. Listen for those curiosity questions within and most importantly, respond like a human being without a phone in your hand. Because once you start listening to real people in front of you, you will realize that we are all the same within, all going through something, and all have a lot to learn from one another. 
Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.